This is Lieutenant Sulu of the Starship Enterprise, standing by on the bridge with the Christmas song. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. take this one again sure. we're recording now <sighs> on the umpteenth day of winteringness the demons came it was the dark times before we had to do episode 5 season 1 of Star Trek Lower Decks Cupid's Errant Arrow Directed by Kim Arndt, written by Ben Joseph, first air date September 3rd, 2020, with the alternate title as selected by me of, and I say this, as a white guy with the maximum irony, Bitches Be Cray. First thoughts, gentlemen. I thought this episode was a perfect reflection of my life. Uh, looks at me like what the fuck are you talking about no I, I kind of get that feeling uh, you know I I had no real impressions about this I just thought dumbass story they tried though I could see the gooey center that they tried to aim for I just you know it's par for the course we all get it we don't like it I know we're all suffering right now we are all suffering but we are suffering in solidarity of Lower Decks. Yep. I will give them credit that this is the first episode where they actually left you guessing. Is she? Isn't she? What's going on? You were left guessing up until the very end. And then they tried a twist that didn't come out the way that they, they tried. intended. <laughs> and it ended up almost being a Scooby-Doo type ending. They ended up with an with an inverse twist. It's where yeah. you pretend you're going to do a twist, and then you instead hit the person. Yeah. So, Just smack them. I don't know. It was yeah, what it was. There was an attempt at, at dramatic tension. It, and it had some dramatic tension. Yeah. But then it, it was like... Things. But then again, in, in what the thesis of this series is, it's... Haha, <laughs> nerd. Yep. Yeah, it can't, it can't land it. It, it, it's ineffective at landing it. And it falls back on that trope. Boimler yep. welcomes his girlfriend, Barbara, to the Cerritos. Mariner is like, what? Because Barbara is uh, an attractive human female who appears to be genuinely interested in Boimler. And Mariner cannot stand for this. She decides Barb is a hostile alien. Um, and and immediately descends into conspiracism. This drives Boimler to become insecure because 
nerdy males. We're going to laugh at you, not with you. Meanwhile, the Cerritos is providing support for the USS Vancouver in the controlled demolition of an unstable moon. Uh, the B-plot, I will say, was one of the best things this show has done. It's... I'm going to stop you for one second because I got to say that nine out of ten times the B plots are better than the A plots in this show. That's true. That's true. You're yeah. correct. Yeah, it, it's You're kind correct? of crazy how many times, sorry, it, it is kind of crazy how many times I look at the B plot and I go, I wish that that was actually the the the, the crux of the episode. Yeah. I'm torn on that. It, they're definitely often better, but sometimes, like, some of the B-plots could not stand up to being the full plot. Yeah. Mm. Like, the one we all enjoyed of Rutherford trying the different jobs, we all enjoyed, but that could not be the A-plot. That is, at best, a B or a C-plot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it was, yeah, like, we I all... was just more invested in it. I guess that's 100%. No, no. Like, <laughs> that was entertaining. <laughs> no, I agree. It, it, the issue being, it, it's the B-plots are often better. But they, they can't necessarily be the A plot. Yeah. Um, uh, Captain Freeman deals with the alien politics involved before the destroying the moon could proceed. We're actually doing something that resembles Star Trek. Rutherford and Tendi are excited to tour the much more advanced Vancouver with the state of the art technology. So we do have an A plot, a B plot, and a C plot this episode. For the C-plot, after a brief competitive exercise, Lieutenant Commander Docent demands to transfer one of them to the Vancouver against their wishes, ultimately resulting in a brief scuffle involving all of them. Docent admits he just can't handle the exciting life on the Vancouver, and Wade is hoping to swap for them for a more boring ship. Mariner discovers... I, with the, the many conspiracies involved between Mariner, Barb, and... Boimler, and it's vaguely implied that the Mariner maybe likes Boimler or not. I don't know. They they don't know mm. what tone they want to strike with this. Mariner interrupts sexy times, um, knocks out Boimler. She has a bonding moment with Barbara and then scans her and finds a parasite on Boimler, and they discover that Boimler has a parasite that makes women attracted to him because haha nerd yep barb then leaves boimler um because i, I guess i don't know yeah. mariner and barb finally have much in common become good friends uh freeman goes through the thing and finds out that the one group holding up the demolition of the moon saying that our entire planet and civilization is going to be destroyed. It's just a rich guy and his wife. And she tells him to step off and destroys the moon anyways. And we'll do, he just gets property damage because we actually remember this. Supposed... Do you think his wife was on the planet when they destroyed it? I think that he's, they didn't really, that... he didn't take the time to send a shuttle down or transport her up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Look, this is supposed to be a show about luxury, fully automated luxury space communism. And Star Trek has a long, long history of trying to smack down capitalists. Mm-hmm. As much as people like to pretend it doesn't. But it's a show that's strictly anti-capitalist. Mm-hmm. So. 
And there's a capitalist and they, they knock his dick in the dirt as is tradition. This was the episode, sorry, in the last episode in the last podcast. <clears throat> I was thinking it was this one. Oh. Because this bugged me how it was like they didn't ask the question how many people inhabit the moon. They just were like, oh, my God, an entire civilization is going to be wiped out. You know what I mean? And he's yeah. just like hiding the fact that it's him and his wife. See, his again, wife. for a B or a C plot, which this was the C plot. Mm-hmm. I was OK with that one because it was I, I thought they did a relatively acceptable job of implying that this guy was being evasive. And yeah, if you're just like at a diplomatic summit, you're not going like how many people are in your country? Like that's that's you should have that I, intro. I did like the whole dynamic of the boardroom and everybody arguing in it and yeah. like that I guess that catapulted I know it's a C plot, but it, it was the only part of the plot that held my attention. It was the only part of the plot that was Star Trek. Yeah. Okay. So I don't feel weird about this. Yeah. And I will say in the last episode it was funny when she had to clean the hollow deck waste. Yes. And they actually reveal that it was all full of like <laughs> human fluids. Yeah. I mean that's that's been implied previously, but um Yeah. But I just I, like that they bleeped it out and they just went for it too and they didn't even try. Sorry, I'm mixing yeah. the episodes, but there there is some gold. I don't want people to think that it's all doom and gloom. Go watch it and form your own thoughts about it. I I, I think that it's it would be healthy to do that. I think instead you shouldn't watch this and you should watch Big Mouth. Oh, well, come on. Big Mouth is good. Yeah, anytime spent watching this, you should watch Big Mouth instead. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, you can't the... appreciate Big Mouth until you watch this. Oh, yeah. You can't. Or other shows. <laughs> Look, Phil, you just said the television version of if you can't take me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then again, you know, the B plot here was pretty simple. Um, just to summarize, I guess, Rutherford and Tendi want a phaser. Um, and that's not a phaser. It's a tricorder. The, yeah. Tricorder. The tricorder. And um, yeah, at the end of the day, they end up with many. Because in it doesn't matter. It will, because it will never yeah. come up again. That's exactly it. You know, and I think yeah. that's one and thing. It, it, again, it. The hoarding just really bothered me because I'm like, well, how do you make all this stuff disappear? Yeah, well, and it's, especially when it's a post need society and they have yeah. replicators. Replicators, you just I, get more. I don't yeah. understand like this this discrepancy between the crews. Like, I get it, life is better on the Vancouver. I I do get them trying to say, oh, you should want to be part of our crew and you should want to, but we get better stuff. Eh? I can see them saying your ship is older, and they did play that angle in this. Yep, like your starship is kind of beat up, and you're having to fix things, and that makes you busy. Whereas we're a well-oiled machine, and you're part of a crew, and blah 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 blah. But uh, but you have their one captain or whomever he is who wants out of all the fun and exciting missions that they're up against. Yeah. So and he he's just like I I want to get out of here because this is just too much pressure. Yep. Which again, I I appreciated it, even though it's not really too Star Trekky and whatnot. I appreciated that sentiment and whatnot from him. I thought that was kind of a funny thing. Yep. 
it was just weird that he had to set them up and was going to fake tran- like going to transfer them there so he could transfer back in hey, their stead and uh, just like this episode where we're only 12 minutes in and we're done talking you got to fill the show with something <laughs> true enough so i do want to talk about and i'm going to get some eye rolls from this but the portrayal of mariner and barbara in this episode especially is bizarre and reeks of a joke out of the 90s of like oh this is magic hormones yep and it's it's just like how i don't know it would have been better if barbara was just like yeah i just like him and Mm -hmm. mariner you're just you're being over worried and then the, the reveal was that mariner just genuinely cares about him as a friend and wants to protect him but no, he can't have happiness because he is a nerd, and the nerd must be punished. Exactly. This is Ex- so weird. Like you're you're pointing it out, and you're right. I'm not arguing that you're <clears throat> you're correct in your haha nerd. What bothers me though is that when we look at the past like ten years, and you look at societal trends, like that's the reason why this podcast exists, because we're nerds on the internet. Yeah. Like Big Bang Theory wasn't a sleeper hit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that was a celebrated nerd, maybe not an accurate portrayal, but it still was like people were eating it up and going, oh, the nerds are kind of cool. You know, it made the, the, the pop culture argument that the, the lughead guys are like, they're meatheads and blah, blah, blah. The jocks yeah. are this way and and the nerds are this way and we're going to do a deep dive into yeah. nerd culture and enjoy all things nerd and they're going to play halo and they're going to they're going to do what we did growing up like uh, and he's going to get the hot girl because he can and then you get this show that craps on nerds which is so counter tied which is why yeah. i'm actually surprised that a lot more people who like star trek who are more nerds who are whatever ate this showed up and loved it because they literally just shat on you made fun of you pointed you know gave you um uh, noogies while they're at it and mm-hmm. and 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 that's it and you're loving it like i just it's the reaction to the show is just weird because the show's not funny the show makes fun of star trek the show shits on all core star trek um ideologies and people are yeah. eating it up you know what? As much as they assert the contrary, I don't think a lot of people making this show love Star Trek. Oh, you can tell people making this show maybe watch the couple episodes of The Next Generation, Voyager, uh, yeah. Deep Space Nine, and then they wrote Probably an episode of Fan Fiction. too slow for them. Yeah, actually, you're right. Um, I like Deep Space movies, Nine, but that's a slow the show. It is. Deep Space they watch Nine. The new right? movies. They yeah. watch the new movies. Yeah. <laughs> With well, Zachary Pine. Quinto is Spock, isn't it? Who's this Leonard Nimoy yeah. guy? Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. they wrote a 22-minute episode. Yeah. That's what it feels like. I mean, I, it's I'm with so you, It's so weird, but, but people actually... You're telling me people like this? Has it been renewed for a second season? Well, we it was know? signed for two seasons originally, I believe. Oh, okay. Okay, well, I hope it gets better. But it's weird that if Star Trek fans are enjoying this, I, I would I, I would genuinely be shocked. 
it's but got maybe it's a different level of maybe this is millennial star trek fans no who are fed i up. mean i'm a millennial yeah fair enough so i mean I, it's I, got us go no i'm baffled i'm baffled i mean it's got a 65 percent on rotten tomatoes and imdb and it's the lowest viewed star trek ever like it is lower viewed than any Star Trek show ever made. Um, and critics, I don't know. It, it's one of those shows where it seems that critics are harsher on it than a lot of the audience. And maybe that's just what it is. Is the audience just a lot of people who don't go with it, their critical lens? You know, they have well, their like beer critical or... lens, and maybe they're watching it on their phones. Not gonna or again, lie. Like if if you watch it on these small devices, it's easy to get distracted, and then you just look at it and go, "Oh, ha, ha, look at him!" What That's what I was gonna say. Or they're on their phone. Will they do it? Yeah. It is weird distribution up here in Canada too. It was on the Sci Fi Network. It had a linear date. It's on Crave, which is you know probably one of the more Canadian prominent, but. I don't know how many people. It is tough to crave search engines. Weird, but yes. Every time I have to look for a show, I'm like, I'm very scared about what I type in and what I'll get. And not in that. Oh my god, it's dirty way. No, no, it's just. Oh, to find, actually, no. Actually, find your show. So according to Rotten Tomatoes, critics like it more than the audience. What? Critics gave it a, critics gave it a 65. The audience has given it 44. There you go. Yay, the people have spoken. We are one with the people. The yeah, critics. I don't know. Smoking. Yeah. Weird. Wow. Even I mean, if I take this show, like, even if I, even if they remove the Star Trek name from it, and you have this, um, you know, like we said yesterday and the day before, calling it Galaxy Quest or something, yeah. it's still not a good show. No. So I... I, I would argue that if they were able to just do it as Galaxy Quest and could play around with what is and isn't canon more, they'd be able to do a good show instead of making it milk toast. Yeah. Because I think so much now is them like still kind of sort of trying to be on side and failing. But, I don't think that they have the talent. I'm sorry. Well, look, I, I think they could if they were allowed to be much more irre irreverent. And they could get away with like, oh, I watched this one episode of Star Trek and here's the stupid shit about it. Mm. And you can do that better in a galaxy quest where you're making fun of it instead of trying to be a satire within the universe. Well, it, it, it's it's effed because the reason the only reason why I want to watch it is because it's Star Trek. If you told me, like, honestly, I haven't watched one episode of the Orville. And I know that it's infinitely better because it's Seth MacFarlane and I like his writing. And sure, you know okay. what? When, when Disney Plus get, you know, whatever avenue so I can watch his, the Orville under whatever distribution right comes up to Canada or if Crave picks it up, I'll watch the Orville. Yeah. Sure. But yeah. the only reason why I'm watching this is because of availability and the Star Trek name. And I think if you lose that and call it Galaxy Quest, you know, it 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 loses an audience. Well, it doesn't have us watching. I don't think I would watch this yeah. to be honest. Yeah, like we we may catch half an episode and be like, oh, that's crap. 
And even that, that being said, first season shows, they struggle, especially early. With I the mean, writing it, and the characters. it lost 10% of its audience between episode one and two. There you go. That's a huge drop <laughs> off. So for, oh, wait, I might have some good number. But um, not it's not in the top thirty, so it's getting on average less than less than yeah. So for for some context, um, Simpsons gets about two point five million viewers an episode. South Park averages eight hundred thousand. Uh, Doctor Who gets like two um like two 200? people no like two million <laughs> doctor who has a big viewership oh nice okay great that's um a good number according to a source um it's been reported that episode two of lower decks had a two hundred and twenty thousand viewership on its initial run there you go mm. That's and it's also hard. Level. It's also hard though because this is on CBS All Access, so it's hard to kind of gauge uh, ratings from. Well, yeah. The, the counterpoint being, if CB, if they if they had good ratings, CBS would be bragging. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yep. As they do with Discovery, right? Like, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. It's a good show. Well, again. Online only, right? So there's only well, so much of an audience yeah. that you can get. Online only for paid subscription, right? You have to pay to get it. Well, that's what I mean. Like it's yeah, it's a it's a very niche market that they're getting, but they're getting the more loyal and the most loyal of fans watching the show. Well, I can um, almost guarantee you, like Discovery gets pirated and distributed amongst Star Trek well, sure. fans. Well, for, yeah, no, for, uh, sure. for sure. I'm just saying, but what's counted towards the official numbers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's where all this kind of falls down, though, is the world we live in now and the distribution tactics that companies uh, take with the prop with d- the property. Discovery, Discovery got 1.7 million opening week for, exactly. for, for its episode, for the nice. September 24th episode. Yeah, like that's what. Eight, eight and a half times what, and what lower decks gets. Yeah. Well, you know what? That, that's what happens. You put out, you put out a risky product, and you don't have the development backbone behind and, it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it should have come out. We know it's Star Trek. There's no excuse at this point. I get it when you when you're launching the next generation, and you haven't done Star Trek outside of a tv show mm-hmm. since 1960 right like like the 60s yeah. so i get that there's trepidation and writing challenges and character development challenges and then i also get that when you finish that arc and you go to deep space nine you're a little bit icky and i also get that you can have some things off but on, there there are strong episodes early on that kind of float the ship i'm hoping yeah. we find it because it's looking like turds in the toilet here Yep. Yeah. I'm waiting for that. <laughs> the good turd. <laughs> I don't know. I think we passed turd. it already. I think we passed it already. All right, guys. Any oh, final words before we go? Bill? I think my turd comment stands for this show. <laughs> Tyler? 
I, I really would like to be saved from this uh, this terrible hell we find ourselves in. Well, well, I can point... I can definitely say, guys, that I'm gonna try and give you a good Christmas gift mm. for my present coming up because this I don't want to really. It's al- it's already painful doing the twelve days of craptacular with lower down with lower decks. So. I thought about getting us all to watch Legion because it's on Netflix in Canada right now. And it is the worst movie ever made. Mm, I thought about that that movie for a treat for us all to laugh at it. But I think I'm going to go for something good instead. Legion was pretty good, though. I I, I laughed at it. Sorry, you laughed at it. It's not supposed to be funny. Oh, I know, but it was just funny. (laughs) It is. That, That movie is dead serious, though. That movie really wants you to know that Jeep, a character named Jeep, is the hope for humankind. Yep. Yep. Because he needs to save fetal alcohol syndrome Jesus. Yep. Because the mom of the second Messiah drank and smoked while pregnant. That's what this movie's about. (laughs) This movie was like a serious version of that movie with... um... Dogma? No. no. Uh, I think the movie was called Michael. Yep. Uh, no, because this was like, Michael was like a fun rom-com. That's what I mean. This is the serious oh, yeah. version of that. Yeah, look, look, mm. one of the opening lines is, God got tired of all the bullshit. <laughs> well, oh, that's some cr- crack writing there. <laughs> look, they got, they got Paul Bettany to play the Archangel Michael. And he was like, do you want me to get into shape or something? And they were like, don't worry about it. Is that the one where they had the big fight in the pool at the end? In the pool at the else. end? That's oh, something that's else. What the fuck are you watching, Phil? <laughs> oh, no, I was thinking of Constantine at the end. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was a fun movie. Constantine was okay. Yeah, it was all right. All right, Phil. All right, we're off topic. <laughs> Or all right. just like the show, we're on topic. It's all yeah, in canon. Fair enough. It's all in canon. Apparently. No, that's what we're here. So if you're looking for us on the internet, like seriously, talk to Santa. All right. I, I know he's not at your local malls this year, but he might be creeping around your neighborhood or passed out somewhere. I don't know. But we've got to hook up with Santa. But you can also find us um at the internet if you got a computer or one of these phone things. You can find, find us on us at at the w- internet. Because that's literally <laughs> the only place where you can find us. Well, of course. You can go to www.8thcanonpodcast.com. Boris redid the site. It looks really good. We're all extremely happy about that. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon, really anywhere you find podcasts, including iHeartRadio, you're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. And if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe because then you get notified about our zany uh, uh, crap like 12 Days of Christmas that we have dropping just randomly all over the place leading up to Christmas. And, um, you know, you can leave us a rate and review. We would greatly appreciate that. And thanks so much for taking the time to listen to us. Yep. He's Phil. He's Tyler. I'm Boris. Let's get some sleep, because tomorrow we're back 
and we're going to be discussing episode 6 of Star Trek Lower Decks. Goodbye and good night. <laughs>